world is a vampire. Everybody, Dan Bickley here, and we do not have a football Friday for you tomorrow, but we've got a jam-packed show about our Diamondbacks and our sons heading into All-Star Weekend. Join us at 6 o'clock on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Stop it. You might want to turn this up, too, my young crunk brothers. <laughs> Especially if your last name is Conlin. <laughs> Somebody's driving around right now like, my last name is Conlin. Why am I supposed to listen to Smashing Pumpkins? Oh, my goodness. Um, tomorrow's Friday, isn't it? Get here we go. <laughs> Have you ever been in a mosh pit? That's what I'm asking you right now, brothers and sisters. Have you ever been in a mosh pit? What were you listening to before the show today? Was it Disturbed? Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was... See, I get like the... I try to describe the setup to everybody. Wolf's got... you got like the little side prep room and you're playing your music, right? And then yeah. everybody else in the newsroom is out there doing serious news things and all seriousness and news. And, and I'm sitting there like, this is great. Like, this is firing me up for the show. <laughs> I get like peripheral like... Yes. Yeah, I get like secondhand music. It's it's It works out fantastically for me. I don't know if productivity among everybody else out there goes way up or way down. Yeah. Probably way up. I, I, I have no idea. I really don't know. And nobody's ever said anything to me about it, you know, for the most part. No. Many times I, I will shut the door from time to time if I really want to blast it. And the great thing about this, man, it used to have so much power over me. It has no power over me anymore. I just enjoy it for what it is. Well, that's the only reason I brought it up was because like, if people are like, oh, Wolf must only like these four or five songs. No, like Wolf listens to music right <laughs> before the show. And I, no, I, I approve. It just it, it reminds me of what it was like to go out and play a football game and a little tunnel time and how you would prepare yourself to go out and play. Well, Marvin Harrison Jr. is um is is pretty consistently being I don't even want to say consistently. Man. It's like almost unanimously. Yeah. If it's 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 like unanimously, hey, this guy's the the pick if the Cardinals are there. And Look, I know you and I are saying this, and I'm sure the other shows, I mean, I'm hearing them say it too, and, and I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people locally are like, yeah, this is perfect. But when you have everybody nationally saying it, Field Yates put out his, uh, his, his mock draft yesterday, and his line was basically like, look, this is the most obvious pick in the draft. I'm paraphrasing it because I can't get it to open, but that's basically what it was. Like, I think he said the most straightforward pick in the draft. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's not the only one saying that. In fact, every mock draft that that I have looked at, which is probably about 30 at this point, either has the Cardinals taking Marvin Harrison Jr. or he's not there when they pick. But as far as like, hey, MHJ is there at pick four and the Cardinals have the pick, they all have them taking him except the one, what was the one we looked at the other day where it, uh, Chad Reuter had him trading down and getting, but the ones yeah. that don't have trades. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy trade. <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. Crazy. <laughs> so, that's uh, caught me by surprise right there. That was well the played by you, part is you at the end going, crazy. Crazy. <laughs> well, it would be crazy right now. You know, Marvin Harrison Jr., what makes him so special, in my opinion, what makes him a generational player 
is he is a threefold slam dunk of a human being playing the game of football. And when I say that, based on audience, I'm talking about the threefold nature of man, body, soul, and spirit. All three of those things, he checks every one of those box. You gotta remember, spirit is, is the intellect that you possess. It tells you what to do. Soul tells you how to do it. And body is your body to go out and actually physically do what you're being told to go do, right? So it's a situation where he checks every box. His intellect is there. His emotion with his soul is there to play the game. It's special. It's rare. And so is his body. He's rare. He's a unicorn. We use that term a lot. He truly, in my opinion, is a unicorn. That what's, that's what makes him a generational player, in my opinion. See, and I'm not, like, all of that is unique in itself. I don't think you can be like a common unicorn, right? That's basically yeah, the definition. Right. But on top of all of that, there seems to be this collective sense around national media, whatever, of, and he belongs on the Cardinals. That's the other part of this that is is so unique to me. Like Marvin Harrison Jr. in himself is, is such a unique prospect because you're right. I mean, his dad's a Hall of Famer and by all accounts, he has the same work ethic and he's taller. He's bigger than his oh, dad. Much bigger. Like, but... So all of that, like here, I'll play this montage that Aaron put together of, of just a yeah. bunch of different people talking about how great he is. This kid, equally as business-like as is that, he's all business, all about football, and he's going to be tremendous in that locker room, practice field, and certainly on game day. I think you're getting a, a day one, you know, true top-tier wide receiver. The guy who might be the best player in the entire draft. He's a stud. Oh, he's, he's great. I mean, truly great. You know, when you have that elite game-changer type potential future Hall of Famer type player, um, you've got to snatch him up. Now, all of that, I'm sure <laughs> if we went back over the last 15 years, we wouldn't find that much praise every year, but there's probably a few players. But when you go on top of all that and you have everybody saying, and he belongs on the Cardinals. The Cardinals are there. Why wouldn't they take him? The Cardinals need that position, and he is everything you want at that position. Why wouldn't they take him? It's just setting me up for a lot of disappointment if they don't take him. Yeah, you know know the way I feel about this. I am in the danger zone on this, okay? But at the same time, Monty Ossonfort, if I'm Monty Ossonfort and I'm the general manager, I want everyone out there to know that we're not sold on him. (laughs) Okay? I'm just, you're going to always... Hang the first sale sign. I feel like he's the only person I haven't heard talk about Harrison. <laughs> Jr. Exactly right. You know, okay, I, I, this is just the way you would do it. Even if you loved the guy, guess what? You have got to hang the for sale sign on pick number four in the NFL draft because mo- most people believe that the first three guys are going to be quarterbacks because there are a lot of quarterback needy teams that are going to take a, a risk. And move up when maybe they shouldn't be moving up, trying to get in there to get one of those quarterbacks. But they're going to do that, some of those teams. But number four, man, I, I, it's the reason why I say I believe the NFL draft, the 2024 NFL draft starts at number four. And now all of a sudden you've got to make teams believe that you're not sold. It's a for sale sign. And you'll listen to any offer that is out there. And maybe you always know in your back pocket, we got them. 
The first line from from uh, Field Yates mock draft. The first line on Marvin Harrison. He says, "Few pick projections are as straightforward as this one." <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> I I hope you're all right. That's I I just I hope you're all right. It's because of the impact it will have not only on the Arizona Cardinals but specifically Kyler Murray. Uh, we come back. Where does the Suns' big three stand heading into the All Star break? We'll break that down next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Now on All-Star break, the Suns have time to reset before the stretch run. How should they game plan for the second half of the season? We'll talk about it on the Burns and Gambo Show, starting at 2 on Arizona Sports. All right, we're going to talk big three here, Wolf. I actually want to get your reaction to one story because I think you and I are going to have a different reaction to it. But Shams just uh, was talking about the situation last night, and I haven't heard these yet, but the, this cut is labeled the NBA has camera footage of Drew Eubanks and Isaiah Stewart. So here oh. we go. They've gotten security footage in that. Multiple people with direct knowledge of the situation told me that this is what took place. This is what that footage will show. Isaiah Stewart, Drew Eubanks were in the back hallways pregame, exchanged some words, uh, and it really stemmed from their last game against each other in Detroit, November 5th. They were chest to chest. Uh, Isaiah Stewart dropped his bags and punched Drew Eubanks in the face amid their exchanging of words and them coming chest to chest. Um, I'm told Drew Eubanks was punched in the mouth area and from what I'm told the footage will show Drew Eubanks barely flinched uh, he stood there stone cold okay took the punch oh <laughs> wow okay <laughs> did he yell do it again do, do, do you think we'll get to see this honestly do you, do you think we will I, I mean if he, it's not as good as, it, as the way Shams just described it I don't ever <laughs> want to watch it I mean, he just described it as I because the other part of this is he said Isaiah Stewart dropped his bags to do it too the bag drop sucker punch that's a lot of movement I was gonna say right there doesn't when you when you drop your bags um that seems to be a precursor an indicator yeah that something might be coming. So, you know, again, listen, is, I don't know. He's not a small dude. Like, if, if he clocked Drew Eubanks in the face and Drew Eubanks was like, that's all you got? <laughs> like, that's pretty That's pretty insane. No, you know what? you got to love that right there. You're going to wear that like a badge, right, Drew? That's right. It took a straight right hand from Stewart. It was soft as yeah. butter. When's the game starts? I'm getting bored out here getting punched <laughs> in the face. <laughs> I've been in a few bloody knuckles. Strap on the boots, baby. I mean, look, um, that I, I I hope we actually get to see that again. I, not because I'm weird, ladies and gentlemen. I just think it's something that would be really cool to see. Because it's kind of like you know what it's like. It's like Draymond Green when he he punched Jordan Poole uh-huh. in practice. Yeah. Okay, now look, do you think that was going to come out? No way in the world that was going to come this out, will right? Come out. This will absolutely come out. This, it hasn't this even will been come 24 out. hours, and, and, there, and we already have Shams, like, painting a picture of it. Yeah. It'll, it'll, the real question is, when will it come out? Like, will we have seen it before next week? I feel like probably. You know, um, 
Who do you think controls that? Who does control that? I don't know. That? The only thing is, like, if there's a legal aspect I to it. I was going to say. Is but it we'll still see it. It might just take Public some time. domain? Yeah, I don't know. Or do the Suns own it? This feels like one of the things that, like, one of our news reporters will send us in, like, a, in, like, a station chat later on. Like, okay, here's the yeah. official police video that we could get in three seconds, but all you sports people don't even know where to start. Yeah. That's or somebody's like. going to actually talk, start talking about who owns the rights to these things, which my head will explode yeah, then I'll when just that happens. Out. Then I'll just yes. move on to the next Thank game. You. Uh, here's more from Shams. Police security got involved, separated them, and police had... Uh, Isaiah Stewart escorted out of the arena, and then he was he was uh, arrested and, and given his citation and release after that. So this is really in the hands of local law enforcement, their investigation, which is active, as well as uh, the league's investigation that is going to you know now take place over the coming uh, days and weeks. So they they saw it happen. I mean, they've got it on camera, but that's not what. <laughs> Let's check the camera. I, somebody saw this happen, and I'm talking about a. I would imagine a police officer. Yeah, I, I don't know that to be a fact based on things. I probably shouldn't even say it, but at the same somebody saw it happen. Well, just the fact that the Suns were so quick with their statement on it. Yeah. And that was a pretty definitive statement. I don't think they were just like throwing darts and be like, hey, I hope the statement's accurate. Let's put it out there as quick as possible. Like, you know, you knew at that point there was some sort of footage that somebody had seen and been like, oh, okay, this is it's not great. So this had to be, they were still in street clothes. So it had to be hours before the game, yeah, I would he, imagine. He said this was from the stemming from the November 5th game between these two teams in Detroit. I, I, Eubanks played 18 minutes in that game. Stewart played. Yeah, I mean, but Stewart it was a quality play. 18 minutes. Well, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Apparently. Yeah, apparently, it was a very effective 18 minutes. Um, eight points plus six. And apparently really got Isaiah Stewart angry because that was also three and a half months ago. Like this is not yeah. this is not some again none of it's gonna like justify it but you you would expect it to be like yeah man these guys didn't like each other all the way back in college and it's kind of just spilled over in the NBA and they play each other five times a year and they they go after each other on social media it's not any of that it's like yeah they kind of got into a three second dust up in a game three months ago and that's that was their introduction to each other so now they're getting punches thrown yeah and once again professionally um you know a cheap shot artist somebody who cheap shots you out on the field right there you know uh, it's hard to forget that it's hard to forget when somebody takes advantage of your disadvantage whatever happens on the field somebody tries to capitalize on you being on the ground and your arms being pinned because you're under the pile and suddenly just somebody's on top of you not because they buried you, but maybe somebody else did. You're at the bottom of a pile, and somebody jigs you in the eye. Can I tell you something right now? It's hard to forget that. What yeah, a cheap shot that. that would be, right? Yeah. What a, or, or punched you right in the cradle. Equally bad. Yes. Not, nothing no, good happening in that worse. pile. Yeah, probably actually is worse. Um, the well, See, now it's like, can we just get the Sun's schedule release for next year now? I know they're still playing this season, but like I want to see when they play Golden State. We at least need to be aware of when they're playing Detroit. Yeah. Assuming Eubanks is, you know, still on the team and everything, but I would think he would be. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's been an eventful week with the Suns, and I sort of feel like they haven't initiated any of it. I mean, the Draymond stuff with Nurk. I guess Nurk's been talking, and he was talking again last night on, on Twitter. Yeah. Um, hey, man, do we have? I want to go back and watch that game. 
what the oh in November fifth game. I've got it recorded too. DVR. Nice. It's all recorded. I'm gonna watch. Told Suns, we got to go back and we're gonna watch that, man. Seriously, we ought to do that. We ought to do that for tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure I like, have. Just it. go ahead and watch that game. I've got every and just see. Game. Okay, was he just banging his bladder up I, all night long, just punching him in the back? I, I don't or think his he kidneys? was. I feel like we would have like noticed that in the moments. Here, here's the one thing right now, <laughs> the Warrior Queen. I've always told her this: if, if you happen to get into some type of scuffle, <laughs> and the Warrior Queen would never get into a scuffle say, with with somebody. The else. one person she that'll never, never get into a scuffle. Kind of, if you do, just raise your elbows and start attacking with her. She's got razor sharp elbows. Oh, her specifically. Oh, oh my okay, goodness! Yeah. It's just it's it's unbelievable. I do how badly those things would hurt you. I, I do feel like in any confrontation, if anybody just started swinging their elbows, it would end the fight. <laughs> Because the other person would be like, you know what? It's not that important. I'm not getting involved. Yeah. You're just up there swinging that's, your elbows. That's not a bad, yeah. I mean, trying to actually swing your elbows like this, that's yeah. not bad. I tell her to do that. Anyways. Um, What's your other bit of advice in a fight? Start talking like a pirate. <laughs> no, that's if you're in a hot spot okay. somewhere. Okay. okay. I mean, let's just say you're walking down some alley. You should not be walking down. And suddenly you're surrounded by 15 dudes. Start swinging your elbows. Be kidding me. Just start talking like a pirate, right. and they'll just go, dude, man. I don't know. Leave this guy alone. How we got here? I guess it was inevitable. Real quick, because we're not going to be able to get to it. Apparently, the Sixers called the Suns about and asked for a, a trade for Kevin Durant, and then <laughs> yeah. they were told no. And they're like, well, what about Booker or Beal? What? Why even waste the the tens? Like, if I'm James Jones, I would have been like, it's, "Oh, scam likely. Cool, I'll just hang up on you." Dude, why would you not call if you were if you were a general manager just for 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 the sake of of learning some type of information or learning how a dude acts, trying to figure out if he's lying or telling you the truth? Why wouldn't you call almost every team in the association and ask him, "Hey, you gonna move this guy?" Why wouldn't you do that? I just, I just want to see the look on James Jones' you, face just, when he picks again, up the phone. Yeah, but is it is it not like KD has been traded? He oh, has. he has been traded. But there's usually like eight months of buildup before he gets I'm traded. I'm just saying right now, you're not doing your job as a general manager if you're not calling everybody okay. and trying to figure out what they're going to do. But what about reportedly the follow-up being, well, okay, then what about Devin Booker? Devin Booker's never been traded. Yeah. How do, how do you even get to the follow-up? Like, if Daryl Morey called me and I was the Suns GM and he's like, right. hey, I just want to see how you're doing and if you'd like to trade me Kevin Durant. I'd be like, all right, see you, Daryl. I would have hung up before you could ask for Devin Booker. It'd be a great way to start building a relationship with a general manager that maybe you didn't know because maybe you'd share a laugh together. But you're going to ask. You would share course. a laugh. <laughs> hey, okay, that's great. You're not going to trade. How about Book? How about Book? You're going to trade, right? I mean. How about Matt? Does he want to sell me the team? Hey. Why are you not talking to other general managers? That's a, If I'm an owner, I want to know that. Why are you not talking to these guys about their players? Why aren't we calling the Bucks and asking for Giannis right now? Well, I guess the trade We should. Passed. Yeah. We should Honestly, on the show. Yeah, would you and- take him? Yeah, I'll take him. Why don't okay, you just great. get Bryce Harper, too? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> What's Austin Matthews doing? Just saying. That, I think, maybe not, has been done. What are you doing? You've got all this time as a general manager. Let's go. Make some phone calls. <laughs> just sitting there this like, is, what is they Patty do. Mahomes available? Let's see. That's true. Monty, look, look, we already know you're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. with the fourth pick. You don't have to worry about the draft now. 
Give the Chiefs a call and see if they want to trade you Patrick Mahomes. I'd even give up a pick. You have no idea what one question could lead into. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, what do the Coyotes have to do to get back into the win column? We're going to ask their head coach, Andre Tourney. He'll join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. This is the Coyote Coaches Show with Wolf and Luke. The Coyotes had their all-star break, and now they play like every night, Wolf. And so they are. They're actually off tonight, but they're right back at it tomorrow night at home against the Carolina Hurricanes. Tough one last night. They played well enough to win, ended up coming out of it uh, with a 3-1 loss to Minnesota. Coyotes head coach Andre Turney joins us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Coach, how's everything going? Very good. What about you guys? Doing okay, Bear. Um, Good. Let's uh, let's let's start with the game last night, and in particular the second period. I thought you guys played really well in the second period. It looked like you had tied it. The goal got disallowed, and I still thought you guys put together a pretty strong push. Then Minnesota scores right at the end of the period. How pivotal in your mind was that that stretch in the final minute? Oh no, no, you're you're perfectly right. I think that was the key moment in the game. I think you know we. I agree with everything you said. I think first period we were. Kind of a whole okay, both team were were about fifty fifty. They they had better opportunity than us in the first. We can give them the advantage. But then after we we played really well, really good second half of the game, really good second period. We put a lot of pucks on that, spent a lot of time in their zone. I was positive, and the, then the uh, it, there's a a play where uh, we have an opportunity to score. There could have been a call. They didn't get a call, and the right away goes on the other side, and they scored. So what I'm trying to say, when you're in that kind of a stretch, that's exactly what happened. You cannot catch a break. Everything is everything is uh, you pay twice uh, more for every little mistake. So that's the stretch we are in. Uh, I think inside of it, we learn, uh, we uh, we compete, and that will happen again. So we need to learn to get out of that slump. It's already way too long. You know, Bear, I played, and I think I've told you this, um, in the NFL for 10 years, but I've lost many, many games and had many bad, bad seasons. I've lost seven in a row, as a matter of fact, in the game of football. You've lost seven in a row here. Is there a common denominator? Are you seeing anything repeat itself in these seven losses? Uh, I I think they're... It's been caught by the the All Star break, so that's a little bit. Uh, we have a chance to regroup. I think the first three losses were probably tired as a group, probably made a unforced mistake. Then we had a break. We came back. Uh, we play well, but not not capable of clinching the win. And now it's snowball. Now the stress is there. We're gripping our stick, trying to do things was a little bit too much. So we're paying for it. But one thing I retain in that is how much our player care. You know, when you grip your stick and you're like that, it's not because you don't care. It's because you care a lot and they want to do the right thing. And sometimes less is more. So uh, I, I still uh, like the way the guys fight, the way the guys show up every day, the way they care, the way they, they behave with each other. It's just a matter right now to, to find a way to win one. It will be an ugly one. Just win one, and then we can we can get out of that slum and uh, put 
put us here together. Yeah, this is the thing. I I remember what it was like when we lost seven in a row. (laughs) I remember how bad that sucked buttermilk for the most part. But what is your message to your guys when you're in this right now, when things aren't going well? What do you focus on? Uh, How do you try to encourage them? I, uh, the first thing we did is making sure we, we try to take the focus away from the result because more you focus on the result, more you forget what you have to do. More uh. you forget your performance, more you forget what will make you successful. So that uh, that's the first part of the message. Uh, the second part, I think we need to stay uh, build with small win. See how we, we played yesterday in the second period, how much the guy uh, stick for each other in that kind of a that that kind of a stuff and build some victory inside the game just inch by inch shift by shift period by period special team whatever it could be uh, and uh, there i think you, you you start to feel better mentally you start to feel better about yourself you start to gain regain confidence a little bit and then good thing happen Talking to Coyotes head coach Andre Turney. Coach, I know you you said after the game last night, probably seven to day, uh, ten days for uh, for Connor Ingram. You guys have a back to back coming up, obviously Sunday and Monday against McKinnon and McDavid of all people. How do you uh, plan on handling the goalie situation now? That's a good question. Uh, we uh, we talked briefly about it yesterday and uh, today. Uh, we'll uh, we'll go one game at a time. I think uh, we will play Carolina and then we will uh, we'll sit with the. With Schwabi and uh, all the coaches, and uh, uh, Bell will be involved, and we'll figure it out how we want to uh, end all the stretch because we're starting a stretch of four games in six nights against arguably four to top five, six team in the league. So uh, it's not like it will be easy. So we need to uh, we need to have a plan. Veg will play tomorrow in Carolina, and we'll figure it out what we're doing for the back to back Colorado Edmonton. But Matt Valletta has. A really good season in Tucson. I think, you know, when that kind of stuff happens, that give an opportunity at someone else. And sometimes this is the best thing happened for this player or the team. So um, we heard just good thing about Matt. We have a chance to be with him a lot during training camp because of our traveling and everything. But I played against him when I was in junior, when he was in um, in Sault Ste. Marie. So I'm excited to, to see him practice with the team and be around the team and obviously play at some point. Coach, we appreciate the time. Good luck tomorrow. Thank right? you. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Okay, right. buddy. You too. That's uh, Coyotes head coach Andre Turney joining us right there. Yeah, it's he kind of said it right there. The all-star break broke it up, but the three games going into the break, they looked a little just worn down, and, and they lost those games. The four games coming out, like any or all of these four losses could easily be wins. But if they're not wins, that starts to weigh on you. But I know that grinds on you inside there. You lose seven in a row at anything. Mm-hmm. I don't care what sport you're talking about. It's going to start grinding. Uh, and he said it, too. They have Carolina coming up tomorrow, a team that likes to shoot more than anybody. Then they have Nathan McKinnon in the Avalanche, maybe the best player in the world. Connor McDavid and the Oilers. If it's not McKinnon, it's He's McDavid. Not bad either. Then Austin Matthews and the Maple Leafs. Those are their next four <laughs> games. Like the American. Thanks, thanks for putting the schedule together that way, guys. Uh, all right, when we come back. We'll wrap things up with uh, a little Diamondbacks talk. We're getting we're getting close to the start of official start of spring training. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
everybody. It's Bernsey. The excitement around this year's Diamondbacks team is at an all-time high. So what roster decisions still need to be made for the NL champs? It's the Burns and Gambo Show, and it starts at straight up 2 o'clock. going to say something, but I know you're not going to hear what I'm saying until we hit the drop here anyway. I can say anything about Wolf right now. He's not going to hear what I say. It's fantastic. Hey, you got the hat on backwards. Yeah, I know. How about it? Somebody pass me the microphone. (laughs) You actually have a microphone. Just to do that once in concert, right? To the guy who's screaming. Okay. <laughs> Worst jobs out there. Uh, the hey, do- screen guy. There you go. Here's hundred grand. Thank you. Professional screen guy. That's right. Hey, get the, give, give me one of them uh, screen guys over here. Um, <laughs> this is, I don't know what accent that was. That went from Wisconsin to a, uh, like Jersey at the same time. <laughs> the confusing. Jer- the Jersey-Wisconsin accent because there's so many similarities between them. This is Merrill Kelly on with Bickley and Murata. Today, talking about uh, the increased expectations that the Diamondbacks are inevitably going to face when the season starts. I think we'll be all right. You know, as just far as far as our clubhouse and the guys that we have in this clubhouse, um, you know, everybody's pretty light. Everyone gets along. Everybody is kind of pulling for each other. Um, you know, we don't we don't we try not to make too big of, of any really situation. And I got to hand that to a lot of our young guys, I think in, in this business and especially at this stage, I think, you know, a lot of young guys, the, the brights or the lights get pretty bright, pretty quick. Um, but I think our guys are, are pretty even keel. Um, their heartbeats pretty slow. And I, I don't see that, you know, I don't see that changing anytime soon, even though, like you said, there are expectations going into this year, but the, the vibe that at least for the first couple of days and, you know, we'll see obviously when the position players get here, but the energy feels the same. Um, it doesn't feel like anybody's, you know, looking around saying, all right, we have to do more. We have to do more. Um, I think it's kind of just stay the course mentality. And we know that we have a good team and obviously we improved as well with, you know, a couple trades and a couple signs um, that we made in the off season. I think everybody's kind of excited to get going. There's no precursor whatsoever to this season right now. There's only one question that you need to ask the Arizona Diamondbacks. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> right. And this, and it feels so good. It feels so good to say that. There's no question marks hanging. You're not sitting there going, well, this has got to happen, and this has got to happen, and this has got to happen. You know what? They have what they need. We were just talking about this. The fact they're a better team on paper now than they were when they were in the World Series. I, it's undeniable. I'm hoping that they What can, are you going to do about it? They can just... And I know this is much easier said than done, but I'm hoping they can just pick this up as if it's a continuation of last season. Right. I, I know it doesn't work that way in sports all the time, but it can. And it doesn't mean you're going to the World Series. We all understand that. It, it It's so difficult. So many things have got to come into play for you to be able to go back to the World Series. In a we very all, condensed We all understand. Month. They all have to happen in October. I mean, <laughs> all you can do is get to the playoffs for yes. the next six months. Yes. That's all get you can do. Get to the playoffs. Get to the postseason right now. And you know what? That's the question. That's the answer to the question. What are you going to do about it? Get back to the postseason. And they should. That is, You can say should. that with certitude. They should. 
Well, what, 84 got you in last year. Now, 84 wins. I mean, that's cutting it close. But on paper, this is a, a much better than 84-win team. I, I would, I don't know. if I'm assuming the web department's going to have us do, like, preseason predictions at some point. Like, do you have a win total in mind? Because I'm, I, mine's like, yeah, I don't like 90, any, 91. Yeah, no, it's in the 90s. Yeah. Um, you said 91, I'll go 92. <laughs> I can Wait, so I can pick any number. You're going to go one. I'll go 117. Yeah. No, that's not going to work. <laughs> okay. I'll go 160. Oh, that's even worse. Okay. Um, this is uh, Tori Lavello on the team's new additions. And then and then the pieces just kept coming. It was uh, Gino Suarez. Um, it was Eduardo Rodriguez. It was Jock Peterson. And those were some of the needs that were discussed. And I'm not really, I don't have a seat at that table, but I, I listen and pay attention when I'm, when I'm around those conversations. I, I had talked to my and, and company about some of the needs moving forward this offseason, early in the offseason, and you know, getting a little bit more depth starting pitching-wise, check. Uh, a third baseman that we felt like could, could handle a big workload and have quality at-bats, check. And then certainly getting that left-handed bat with Jock Peterson was the final piece. And, you know, Jock has been a thorn in our side for so long. It was the Dodgers, and then it was the Giants. And I've watched him, and I've always been a big fan, and I can't wait to, to see what he does to help us win baseball games here. What's your biggest takeaway of that? Well, he said a lot, but did he call Eugenio Suarez Gino Suarez? Because that might be, like, if that's his nickname, that's, that's our out. That's, that's the easy right way to say it. Gino Suarez. Yeah. Gino Suarez. Yeah. All right, Gino. Yes. Yeah. Gino, what's up? That's a lot easier. But I do like saying a Eugenio. Yeah, but I have to keep the a show Eugenio. on a timer. Okay, so, yeah. While you're over there saying Eugenio. But you could... Butcher that so many different ways. If you're trying you to speak quickly, yes, you could. Hey, Eugenio, <laughs> you have to almost say it quickly. It's just to good, get it out. It's good to have an out of you Gino. Can just call him Gino. You can. Hey, Gino. Yeah. If the manager's doing it, I feel like. Hey, it's Eugenio, okay. can I call you Gino? Uh, I can't wait for the first interview with Eugenio Suarez. It is more fun to say than Gino. You're right. Um, Zach Gallen also on Bickley and Murata talked about, and, and, and this this is obviously something that everybody knows, but I don't think it's been talked about quite uh, a lot lately. Everything we're saying about this team and what they can do this season is predicated on, and I'm, I'm setting aside health because every, every team has that. Thank you. It's predicated on Corbin Carroll, and it's predicated on Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly doing some version of what they did last year. Um, now they have help during the regular season, but they basically dragged this team to the playoffs for a good stretch there last uh, in the second half of last season. Gallon was asked if he sees himself and Merrill Kelly as co-aces of the staff. Yeah, I mean, I've always said, um, you know, whoever's pitching that day, that's the ace. You have the number one, you know, on the lineup card next to your name. So you're, you're the ace, you know, it, it it really doesn't matter, I think, honestly, at that point. It's like, listen, you have to go out and do your job and, and help the team win the game. I mean, the, all the, the monikers and, and whatever and nicknames are all are all good on paper, but it ultimately just comes down to who shows up, who, who plays the best, um, and who's doing their job. So, you know, for me, whether you're, you're the first – start of the ace, whatever, you're pitching opening day or you're pitching the fifth game. It's like we're still trying to win that game. Um, you're the ace that day. You're the, you're the guy taking the ball. You know how I feel about that one right there. Can I get a handshake? <laughs> Zach Allen, can I get a handshake with you, brother? That is big time right there. It really is. I, 
I just can't get enough of humility. It's such a great attribute to have as a professional athlete. You'll never get it, my young crunks. You'll never understand how important it truly is to get over yourself and not be about yourself and promoting yourself. Just do it for everybody on your team. It's a beautiful thing. There's one more from Zach Gallen before we wrap up talking about what he's focused on this season. For me, it's 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 all about just trying to get better, really. Um, you know, I think even if I would have had a, a better year um, number-wise or, or accolades-wise, I still would have looked for a way to improve. I, I, I've, I've kind of always just echoed the sentiment that once you become stagnant in this game, um, you're, you're behind already you lost. So for me, it was just, you know, trying to find any little – avenue I can to exploit that'll make me you know just a little bit better to you know maybe makes it easier to throw 200 innings again or you know whatever that is whatever I felt like was a a good plan to make me better I kind of dove into that and you know tried to attack it this offseason and see uh see if we can you know add something here this coming year can't get any better than that well said this uh this three-month offseason like if you think about it, it's really going to be three total months. Their last game was November first, so three and a half months. That's wow, yeah. November first, baseball. I mean, that's four days before Drew Eubanks and Isaiah Stewart met on the court in, in Detroit. That apparently spilled <laughs> over the last night. All right, that's it for us. Thanks, Darren Maloney, for doing everything for uh, Wolf. I'm Luke. We've got Burns and Gambo coming up next, right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace and strength.